0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast. This is episode thirty-one. I have a very special guest today. She <laughs> she sounds exactly like me. You're
1: not going to be able to tell
0: who's talking. Well, if you get closer to the mic, <laughs> people might be able to tell us apart. Um, my big sister, Jenny, Jenny G, Jenny Guzdowski, Jenny Kumai Guzdowski. Um, grew up with me here in San Diego, California, and we're both home for the holiday, and I thought that she'd be an awesome guest because I look up to Jenny, and she's one of the very few women that I actually look up to. Um, She started her own business many years ago in London. So for those of you looking for inspiration, and if you feel stuck and you're like, just feeling like you don't know what to do next with your life. I brought my sister on as a gift for all of us this holiday because she has navigated her way not only to entrepreneurship on her own, but she's doing it in another country. So if you think that you have it shitty, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So Jenny, tell us a little bit about your journey. Maybe a lot of our... Listeners are a little bit stuck, and especially with New Year's around the corner, what kind of inspo or goals or sort of, what kind of advice would you give to young girls who want to start their own business like you did successfully?
1: Um, So I run, for those of you who don't know me, and a lot of you don't, um, I run the London Bike Kitchen. It's a DIY bike workshop in London. We've been going for six and a half years now. We teach people how to fix their own bikes through classes, drop-in sessions. Uh, we do a women and gender variant night twice a month. And the whole goal is to get more people riding bikes. And the idea is that if you understand the way your bike works, then the less afraid you are going to be of it and more likely to ride it and take care of it. and get other people jazzed about it. Uh, I definitely wasn't always into bikes. We grew up here riding around, and it was quite fun. But, you know, the minute you turn 15, you're like, I'm in a car, fuck fuck this bicycle. (laughs) And then Dad went and rode our bikes (laughs) to get away from... Teenage girls.
0: Um, Did he do that? Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice. Well, I mean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's because I was too busy terrorizing him or not even realizing that I was.
1: Yeah. Um, So, like, when you're thinking about what you should be doing with your life, you just, you don't know where inspiration is going to come from. Like, I rediscovered the bike when I, um, I did the jet program when I was 20 three 24 went to japan to quote-unquote teach english and my school gave me a bike to get around and i was like what the fuck is this am i allowed to curse
0: (laughs) of course it's me dude Um,
1: (laughs) no see jenny doesn't even know jenny doesn't know how deep we've
0: gone already
1: yeah (laughs) um so i started riding the bike and then it was like oh wow this is really fun you know it's your own mode of transport you're not on anyone's clock but your own you get exercise you're outside you can do it with friends you can do it alone it's cheap um, and it's good for the environment so it started just become this thing in my life that Mm -hmm. was like this is a no-brainer I don't know why more people don't ride this or, you know, ride a bicycle. And it turns out, you know, in Japan, the people's people are really chill. So you don't have to worry about getting killed. Whereas here and especially in Western countries. So it's thank, like. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so. In, but in
0: Western culture, you have to worry about getting killed.
1: Oh, yeah. Cars, <laughs> drivers, they're, you know, they're texting on their phones. And so yeah. it prevents a lot of people from getting on a bicycle because they know, people are not paying attention and they might get killed so it and it's but it's just weird because it's only america australia and the united kingdom um where you have these major issues with between drivers and cyclists whereas in continental europe and japan for example um people are really chill with each other. Like, there's the a different psychology on the road, but that's a completely different discussion to have. Um, anyways, I, over the years then, after living in Japan, mm-hmm. started to really... The bike just became a part of my life. But then when I moved to London... Um,
0: and how many years ago was your move to London? Ten. So ten years ago, Jenny moved from Japan to London, So, and she grew up here in San Diego and went to Berkeley and NorCal. And... For all of you that are afraid of change and doing something different with your life, my sister and I sit before you as like two complete entrepreneurial minds that didn't know that this was going to be our path, but we just, we weren't afraid. And when Jenny moved to Japan to London- correction. You are afraid, but you do it anyways. Well, hell yeah. But I mean, I don't want to tell them that. I keep... I
1: was terrified but I was just like you know what fuck it what it's like fucking matrix right it's red pill or blue pill like if you go down that path you know exactly what's going to happen right and it's like well why not have some adventure and why not have some ups and downs and and we're quite privileged you know we've got a safety net it, you know if if anything happens to us we're not going to you know be destitute so it's kind of like well grab that
0: chance while you've got it. Hmm. I love that. And so if any of you are in need of extra inspiration, remember what Jenny just said as a little mini recap. She said that she didn't know that bikes or her bike shop would ever be her calling. She didn't know that she was going to end up in Japan and then London and that she decided to pull the trigger for the more adventurous, more challenging route than the safe route because... If it wasn't for my sister, who's sitting right next to me in my childhood room as we gaze out at the beautiful fucking San Diego sunset right now, I would have never moved. Yeah, there's a lot of (laughs) smog here. I would never have moved to New York, though, if it wasn't for you, Jenny. I mean, you helped me through a really awful breakup that I had in L.A. You sent me the Mark Twain quote about explore, dream, discover, leave the safe harbor. And when my sister sent me that quote, it actually changed my whole life. Because if she never sent me that, I would have never have pulled the trigger to move to New York. About eight years ago is when I moved. And my life was, you know, I was living with a surfer boyfriend. We had a great time. He wasn't the greatest. And we were falling apart for many reasons. And I needed help. And my sister came to the rescue, which is what sisters do. So... Now that you guys know, Jenny runs, um, she's the director and founder of the London Bite Kitchen over in Hackney, which is a really cool hipster part of London. Gentrified. Gentrified (laughs) now, just like Williamsburg. Yeah, we're getting evicted. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, we'll help on that. We'll help on that because we bind together. We're like bound like family here at this podcast. I always talk about mom, dad and you, Jenny. And everybody has a voice and yours is like, just like mine. (laughs) Okay. So next, I think people want to know actionable advice, Jenny. So when you're stuck in business, because you and I are both creatives and we both pioneer paths where no one else has ever gone, not necessarily by choice, but rather it is our calling and we feel a need to help others. So what do you do when you're having one of those days where you're like, fuck everyone and everything?
1: Do you edit this? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. um,
0: <laughs> don't, no pressure. Uh, it's also about really, really being real. Yeah. Um,
1: sometimes you just got to take a day off. Hmm. Like if you're just, sometimes you got, you, being able to prioritize is really important. And knowing, like, if you've got certain deadlines coming up and things that have to happen, like, you know, there's, like, boring shit. Like, um, it's called HMRC in the UK. Uh, I guess the equivalent here is Inland Revenue, IRS. Like, you got to do your taxes. Internal Revenue. Internal Revenue, not Inland Revenue. Um, That you have to do that stuff. And it's so awful that... I've struggled the first six years, basically, doing it myself. And then finally this year, we just said, we need a bookkeeper. We have to. Like, I can't keep doing this on my own. It's holding me back from being able to do the things I do want to do. Mm -hmm. And then it was the greatest decision I ever made, ever. Like, it was a huge load lifted off my back. I felt, like, better about doing work. And so sometimes it's like it was worth the investment like even though we're we're paying more money now to get and turns out we we hired a bookkeeper who's also a mechanic and um that's pretty hard to find so it's just been amazing and he's definitely part of the family now and like you just have to be able to prioritize you need to be able to know when to invest time and money into something if you know that the return is going to be greater. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you can't just do keep doing the fun stuff like you really need to balance. Like it's weird because I got into this business to teach people, but I actually don't teach much anymore. I do. I do it once a week now. Mm. And a lot of it is spent running the actual business like um you you do everything you do the marketing you do the admin you do the um customer service you do the finance you do you know you're you're the octopus juggling all these plates and like sometimes plates are going to break like you just ha- and you have to accept that that's fine mm. like nobody died <laughs> it's yeah. okay and like people are going to get angry you can't make everyone happy like it's just gonna happen and like that's another thing to come to terms with like we get so many like five star google reviews
0: and then you get the one one star review, that and piece you're like, of shit. Ugh. "Always, I fucking hate that person too." We talk about that all the time. Like, there're 500 good reviews on this pod,
1: but why? Why do know. we focus so much on the negative? I don't know. You know, it's really hard. It's awful. I know. It's really
0: hard. I'm still reeling off of some some older stuff. It's so hard too because a friend recently told me, he's like, "the the best thing for you to do is is no longer." Sorry, guys. But he said, no longer tell people to suck a bag of D's. He's like, the better thing to do is just to not let those people bother you. Like, to the point where if you ran into that person at a party and they said, oh, you know, so what do you really think about me? You would look at them and say, I think nothing about you. Mm. Like, I don't acknowledge what you've said about me that's not true, number one. That's slander, number two. And number three is dishonest and not – it's just – why give people like Facebook gives people a platform to say awful things about good people all day long? And it's like, I don't understand those people. And I'm with you, Jenny. Like I focus on like this book that I wrote for our family, like the Kinski wellness book, somebody tore it apart and said like these things about the photos or whatever. And I was like, yo, dude, I was like, this is a book that's like, it's like a legacy read when my, you know, when Bachan was passing away, like, what could we capture that would help other mm. people? And it was a family affair, the whole thing. And, and the person just has no idea when they're writing this Amazon review that they're not only hurting the artist, but they're hurting the entire family and the project and the entire editorial team and publishing team that went behind this. And so... I don't think people that listen to this pod are these kinds of people. But what Jenny and I are trying to say is is that we're just like you. And no matter what we do, if it's, say, 100% good, people are still going to tear you apart, wabi-sabi. Like, it's all good. And like you said, you can't make that one angry person happy.
1: Yeah. If anything, it just means you're more real because your product is not meant for everyone Mm. so just make peace with that
0: okay so in actionable advice jenny if you're having one of those days um where you can't handle or you're struggling jenny was saying take a day off also know when to hire help in the right places which is her bookkeeper and just on that note like know
1: your weaknesses like some people are really good with numbers some people like doing the books like don't deny yourself that pleasure but like also know like what you're good at what you're not good at ask for help where you don't have it like if surround yourself with people that are smarter than you i started off by getting a group of people i didn't really start to talk about how i started bite kitchen um so I had this idea because I really wanted to build my own bike from scratch. And there was no place to do it there. I didn't have any tools. I had no idea what to do. But I was mm. like, why doesn't this exist? Like, I want to go to a class and like learn how to build a bike. And my flatmate at the time um, was from California as well. And she said, do you have a bike kitchen here? And I was like, what's a bike kitchen? And mm. so I started researching them. And a lot of them are volunteer-run spaces where um, they have secondhand parts and tools and work stands. And um, people are mm. there to give you advice. And I, for some reason, I was like, I'm going to set one up.
0: A lot of people here are going to ask you, like, so what were the steps that you took to start your own business? Yeah, so... Like, clear steps.
1: I, the first thing is... is um, does your idea exist already? So I did a bunch of market research in desktop research, you know, what's in the area. And then and you have to think about, like, who your target audience is, because if you're an international product or you're going to be a local one or regional. And then, you know, if it doesn't exist, it's for one of two reasons. Either it's a stupid idea or it just someone hasn't done it right yet. And so... Okay. I first did some kind of local market research. I did desktop research, obviously, like, does this place exist? It Mm. didn't. Mm. And then I sent um, a survey to every single cyclist I knew, which at that time was maybe only about 40, and asked them, what do you think about this idea? Would you use it? How much would you pay? and that's the other thing, when you're doing your desktop research, you need to look at your your price point. Um, also, when you're st- setting up something new, it's good to start with a lower price point because you can always raise your prices in the future, but you can't really backtrack. It looks bad. Mm-hmm. Um, oh,
0: I already made that mistake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um like reward your early adopters, but that's another that's another thing um, mm. later on. But um, so after I got a really good response from that survey, um, mo- it was like a ninety percent, uh, of the people said, "I love this idea and it should exist." And then from there, I started um, kind of researching, other bike shops in the area and others um, kind of they're called open workshops. Mm. Um, I visited one in South London called Oval Motorcycle Workshop. So it's basically like a DIY motorcycle workshop where people can hire a work area. It's huge. It's really cool. And people have a giant red trolley full of like motor like really hench tools. And um, the guy was really friendly and really helpful and talked me through kind of how he ran his business and mm. Um, I visited a bunch of, like, local bike shops just to see, uh, you know, who they were, what they did, how did they um, treat their customers, because that's another thing with, like, especially being a woman Mm. in the bike industry, you're Mm. really intimidated by bike shops. They're very macho spaces. Um, So I was trying to find out kind of, like, well, what's there and why isn't that working? Um, Mm. And then... I I applied for a grant then with the with London Cycling Campaign, which is like an advocacy group. And they were doing this grant scheme for mm-hmm. bike projects in London. And I pitched this idea and I basically got it. So I got five grand for tools. Um, mm. And that, also made me go oh shit like I actually have to do this now because somebody's giving me money because um, like I had no money I had zero money I was working a job at an environmental charity doing their marketing getting paid peanuts and so I you need I needed a cash injection and luckily there are some grants available so you can look at kind of financing options out there because I had no money and I had no clout i didn't want to take out a loan um and then i luckily i was looking for a space in order to do this type of workshop hmm. and on my cycle route to work i kept noticing this kind of empty parade of shops and so i still remember the day when i um i had like searched online to find out who's the landlord um Mm. they did not want to be found I had to go to the land registry and dig up their name and they're just their name existed only like there was no website no phone number Mm. um and I remember the day when I was cycling past and I was like why don't I just ask the shop one of the shopkeepers there and I did and he was like yeah yeah I'll ask the landlord for you and it worked because then I got a meeting with the landlord And they liked the idea so much that they gave me the first year of rent for free. Mm. And again, like that, I would not have been able to open if it wasn't for that. No Mm. way. Because the idea was so new to everyone. And, And also, I wasn't a bike mechanic. Like, I didn't know anything about bikes. I just had this idea and so the first year was a lot just mistakes. Oh god, constant mistakes. Like testing, testing, testing. Does this work? No, let's try this and like Right. Um so I did go and get like my mechanic uh level 2 training before we opened. Um which helped, but that was the tip of the iceberg. Like being a mechanic is actually all about experience. Um it's not about knowledge. Yeah. And um We just, like I said, I didn't know anyone in the industry. And so I kind of, the first cohort of people I started working with made some poor choices. Um, Luckily, it didn't hinder or destroy the entire project, but it came close because Mm. of one person in particular, one mechanic in particular, who was taking advantage of the fact that I was pretty nice
0: and i didn't really know what i was doing getting taken advantage of because you're nice club (laughs) how many of you are part of it guys raise your hand Uh, you're nodding your head aren't you those little motherfuckers who do that to you just take notes take notes it will come back to them jenny it always does because people have done that shit to me my entire career and i'm so over it and i'm not going to be a mean person because they're shitty but like it's like you have to be aware when somebody is taking advantage of you because you're nice. Because this happens to women, particularly mm-hmm. in the creative fields.
1: This is another tip as well. Sure. Like when you start hiring people, make sure you have some sort of like uh, contract. Mm. <laughs> uh, make sure you um create some sort of like trial period where... You're both feeling each other out. Like, is this going to work? Is it not? Um, Because employment law is a huge minefield and you don't want to get involved in that. Oh, God. Uh... And luckily, like, I really wanted to bring the the group of people we had into becoming co-op because I was tired of doing all the work. And he didn't want that. So he ended up leaving. And then it was like, again, another massive weight lifted off me and uh, ended up hiring from then on for with like this knowledge now of what I knew I didn't want mm. and what to look out for when hiring someone. It's, it's hard to hire good people.
0: Yeah, I agree. I very much feel grateful when all the right ones come into your life. Mm. And you have to appreciate them when they're there because it's a short-lived process that you will sometimes have really quality employees that want the best for you no matter what.
1: It's a two-way street. Right. Like, you're... They're not necessarily only just working for you. They're working for themselves. Right. And you need to be able to give them something... Um, there's like a Richard I don't like Richard Branson but there's some Richard Branson (laughs) quote where he says like you know train people treat people um, so no what does he say train them with to get enough skills to leave but treat them well enough that they don't want to Mm. you know and it's really important to you know everyone that you're working with is a human being and they all have their own lives and Mm -hmm. their own universes in their head and and they're not there to be your servant They're You are your two lives have now intersected. And it's kind of like, well, how are you going to create something? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's CC
0: having a little asthma attack. Yeah. Our 17 um, year old cat.
1: Okay. So anyways, um, I That was like the first like three years maybe. And it was just experimenting, experimenting. Okay. I still worked at my other job okay. part time and then ended up leaving about a year in because I
0: just wanted to do it full time. So that's another great hot tip. Hot tip, guys. Don't quit one source of income that's steady while you're leaning into another because our dad... George always says save your money for a rainy day and it's It's good yeah it's always raining (laughs) in London apparently and it's shit is it's just shitty in New York and you have to know you have to be smart you really do and Jenny and I were raised by a nuclear auditor father and a Japanese language school teacher which makes neither of us business people. Like neither of us went to business school. Jenny went to Berkeley. I went to Long Beach State. We both um, studied communications. We both were really good with people. We both are very multicultural girls who are open-minded. And we both watched our parents be of service to others their whole life and also take work very serious. And so maybe that was a different way of immigrant parents showing their kids that you could do and be and live and dream anything you wanted. And the fucking sky is the limit. I mean, I remember dad always saying, like, go for it. You know, you have nothing to lose. And just always do your best. Mm. And work with integrity because you don't want your name on something that looks shitty you know like you don't want to be you if you walk away from it not giving your best and not being proud or giving it the a fucking plus that it deserves then what's the point of even going after it so but you also need to find balance because i i think
1: because of those first three years being really four years being really tough like i almost killed myself not literally, oh, but like, dear Lord. no, like oh. I became really unhealthy. Like I would wake up and immediately just start working at the computer and it wasn't healthy, but I do it's that really, every day. It's, re- it's not healthy. Like, do But you day. find, you find what works for you, but you need balance. Like I started, I think uh, it mm-hmm. was 2014. I was just like looked in the mirror and I was like, Oh my God. Like the person I see in the mirror is not, me Mm. and i was like i quit i went vegan for a bit i joined a gym like i started going to therapy Mm. like it was just it was so important to get that balance and not just be work 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 because that is Mm. super unhealthy
0: yeah i think we have a bit of an addiction to work though from watching dad um he was quite a machine
1: yeah. and
0: I don't feel like I'm doing anything if I'm doing nothing. I mean, with the exception of recently, like I've been, since I left New York, I've had that same kind of weight lifted off my shoulders where I'm like, Oh, fuck this. I'm going to go see my friends in San Fran. I'm going to go, you know, hang out with somebody I really like. I'm going to have fun. And it's been nice. Like I've kind of like turned my life into a different, like I've I've shaped it into a different direction and it's been good it's it's worked out well for work so that's something to really fight i think our mm. we our society
1: really pushes people and instills this idea that like if you're not giving 100% or if you're not working giving it your all then like you're not working hard enough you know Or if you're not working, then you're lazy or and I fight this all the time because I have that voice in my head that's saying, like, you should be doing something right now. This is a poor use of your time. Like, why aren't you, you know, writing the next newsletter or like, you know, and it's like, wow, I need to. And then I get really anxious about that. So I deal with like massive anxiety about work Um, because a lot of it is writing on you, you know, like your business is. It's your business. Like, I will let seven people down if I cannot carry this.
0: It's probably more than seven people now, but no pressure. More than seven people. Um, <laughs> what, you? No, like, there are way more than seven people that are looking yeah, but at the lemon by kitchen. I pay
1: seven people. Like, I know, but seven people's salaries outward, depend on outwardly, me.
0: Outwardly, yes, and I feel you on that. Like, we have payroll, we have accounting, the same fucking thing. But, like... I've also, I don't know, I think you're doing a good job here of, like, letting go of not having to, to be at the shop right now while you're on Oh, holiday. yeah,
1: we're closed now. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's the, that's the other good thing is, like, the, our culture, our employee culture is changing where we value that time away from working. And we have a really, really great group of people right now, and we all get on really well, and...
0: And need and we create time to have fun. Saber it, saber it. I have to shift us into another direction, Jenny, because we have like limited time, and Mom and Dad want to eat dinner soon, which Jenny and I are making together tonight. Um, I'm gonna move us forward onto being immigrant kids and growing up feeling and looking different, because this is another direction where Jenny and I have had to focus a little bit on this internally, externally. It is who we are. Um, we are the Kumai Gwizdowski sisters and we grew up in San Diego and nobody looked like us and nobody had a name like that. And nobody was raised Buddhist and Christian or Catholic, whichever way you want to call it. So when you were growing up, Jenny, like, do you, do you sometimes like think and reflect on those times or do you like remember what it felt like when we were different because so many kids, I feel like they love that we had the same childhood they did, but nobody ever really talks about it. Um. I remember,
1: and and this is getting deep here, like, I remember hating who I was because I didn't look like any of the white kids, you know? And it's really shitty, like... That's the power of media I think that's one of the reasons why I went into media studies was because it was like what is this thing that has so much power over us to make young children dislike who they are like they did this study about like um, young black like babies basically they're like two years old or something and they would ask them like which, they'd have a white baby doll and a black baby doll and they'd be like which one is prettier and like this is like a nothing doll like you know they're bald and, and the black child would choose the white one and say that's the prettier one and it's like Jesus Christ like what are we doing to ourselves like I remember just not wanting to bring any attention to myself at school like I was just really shy and was like just keep working get out of this like and I don't know if I like we were so busy as well I think that mom and dad really helped perpetuate this workaholic uh, mentality through getting us to like ballet and tap and choir practice and swim and you did all the your sports like volleyball and soccer and we were just always busy so you didn't have a lot of time to like dwell on this stuff but that that stuff those thoughts were always there mm-hmm. and you know I remember wanting to have like blonde hair and blue eyes and now it's like ridiculous, you know. Once you get older, you're like, What the fuck? But like, it's something that's I think affecting people internationally. Um, you see a lot of uh skin whitening products in uh South Asia, in Africa. Um, it's yeah it's really disturbing um and so maybe that influenced my decision to go into um media studies but also i i'm fascinated by that still and i think there's a new field that's opening up called neuro marketing or something like that and it's terrifying and fascinating at the same time it's like the it's the idea that marketing can use psychology um quite uh well in order to influence people's not only their buying choices but in anything they consume and you know that's media that's all the social media that we're on that's the tv that we watch um mm-hmm it's quite terrifying actually but I also find it absolutely fascinating
0: Um, and thanks for sharing that too I I think that a lot of us feel the exact same way and we just don't know how to articulate it sometimes Um, I cried a lot while writing the new book mm. probably didn't tell you that
1: I think that was a how do you say
0: It was a like I was gonna say yeah. it was
1: you were cleansing you were
0: getting everything out but we have it so good now that um when you write about the past it puts a lot into perspective of like how good you have it after all you know but I feel the same as you um maybe if there's like a young girl out there that feels the same way as us like what would you tell her so that she knows that things are going to get better
1: I don't know if it of course I want to say like don't worry about it like fuck it your differences will become your strength when you get older but kids are so cruel when you're growing up like no one should be uh Un- under that kind of pressure from that young an age but at the same time it's like we can't shelter the kids and and then there's the I'm not arguing this but I'm just bringing it up as a point that like a lot of art and a lot of beauty comes from pain like a lot of amazing artists channel their their struggles into beautiful works of art, whether that's acting or painting or, you know, creating, you know, people often when we're young and we go through shit, we try to find a way to escape. Mm -hmm. And often those ways of escaping are are soothing in some way, like making music for me is an escape. Like it's a wonderful thing. And that's why I really loved doing it. Um, and became really good at um, music. I did choir for years. And, you know, that's not to say that, like, the struggles that I went through were shouldn't have existed. Um, who knows? You know, mm. it is what it is. But hopefully, I think kids are more maybe tuned in these days, maybe because that's the double-edged sword of the internet and being connected is that they are more aware of kind of the variety of of human life mm-hmm. and hopefully you know they'll be able to see that they can, they have options um, their future isn't necessarily what other people say it is
0: yeah i love that and that's why excuse me while i blow my nose um that's why i stopped letting old white steel bread at the top of every network determine my future because it was weird that i would sit around and wait for them to make decisions about my career when i was like but wait a minute You don't even know the difference between poaching an egg and hard-boiling it. Why are you telling me what to do? You know, I I studied, I worked hard, I honed in on my craft. I have a snot face in front of my sister right now. (laughs) You can blow your nose. Okay. So, actionably, Jenny said, to find something that might soothe you and make you feel better... But, and... but not
1: be self destructive about it, like drinking in moderation, yeah, don't do that you know do we that. people find other ways to soothe themselves. Did you know cats purr to soothe themselves? Um, you know like and and we've both been there where we were like doing way too many drugs and drinking and <laughs> um <laughs> and that's a soothing. <laughs> Thing. it was so
0: soothing oh god it was, just <laughs> it was called
1: self real life. medication
0: it was self-medicating it was you know ain't no shame in your fucking game guys like do whatever you want with your life there's one thing i can't stand right now it's it's people that pass judgment onto other people and i think that's becoming a huge thing in social media that i'm just over you know people telling other people what they should do or or just thinking that what's going on on social is real life and it's not, it's a, it's a tool, it's a resource. Um, this is just a whole another conversation for us to have. But
1: yeah. before
0: we get into Instagram questions, that I love that you guys write into us for.
1: I'm gonna disagree on that YOLO mindset though. I was just, just I saying don't it. I don't Fine, agree. With whatever. It.
0: <laughs> whatever.
1: I think we have responsibilities with with our friends and family.
0: And people we don't know that. Yeah, but I just want everybody to have fun. Like, of course, like I rein it in after a weekend Bender, but like I, I also everything don't. Yeah, I also don't do that. You know, like that's. Anyways, I told you. And don't you... get into debt because of YOLO. Like, that's a stupid thing. <laughs> I told you, JD and I are real sisters that argue <laughs> and we're not like, we're best friends. We do everything together. Okay, let's move on to some Instagram questions, shall we? Mm. Okay. Mm. Also, in the meantime, you guys should totally check out Jenny's website. Jenny, where's the website?
1: It's lbk.org.uk. And if you're
0: out in London, write this address down for her shop.
1: Uh, Well, for the next maybe six months to a year, we'll be at 28 Whitmore Road. Uh, postcode is N15QA. But uh, as I mentioned before, we're getting evicted because the uh, building's getting torn down for luxury flats. Because that's what we need, oh,
0: apparently. Dear. luxury flats. Okay, so first question of the day goes. <clears throat> Dimini Shed Fifth, I have no idea if that's your name, but it sounds like it is. Does she have a British accent?
1: I think, as you have just been <laughs> listening, I don't... I have British intonation Intonation um, Vernacular And I could probably do a British accent uh, If you wanted me to But I've
0: I just want you to do mom for me Because I always do mom for everyone Yeah, And I just want somebody to do it for me
1: What do you want me to say?
0: The the carpool lane
1: What did she say about the carpool lane?
0: (laughs) You told me when you were driving with her the other day. Oh.
1: <laughs> so we're driving in a um, Prius, and I'm pretty sure in California, if you've got a hybrid, you can go in the carbon carpool lane. Um, and I was like, "Mom, is can we?" It says H O V. Like, what does that mean? And she's like, "I don't know what H O V is." <laughs> How do I know? I always drive by
0: myself. (laughs) Oh, my God. I need to hear more. Okay. Here's another question by Authentically Leslie, who's so good at asking questions, by the way. What are the things that you found most rewarding and challenging of owning your own business?
1: I mean, the rewarding bit is you are your own boss. And the challenging bit is... Uh, you are your own boss so you okay. are your own taskmaster you can't you have to set your goals you have to set um, your work schedule uh, no one else going to do that for you mm-hmm. but the pro of that is you don't have somebody telling you what to do like you're doing it and it's quite empowering and I don't think i could ever go back to a 9 to 5 where someone's telling same. me what to do same
0: here's a really oh. juicy one this is a very smart question wendy l price asked what is the greatest lesson that you have each learned from one another that you've never told one another
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> That's a heavy question. I have to think.
0: Well, do you want me to go first? Because I kind of know how to answer this. Yeah. Okay. So Jenny doesn't know this, and hopefully she'll do the same. <clears throat> but and I'm sitting right next to her on my bed right now while we're, you know, dad set up the mic for us. He's like, I don't know how we did this last time. So, like, Dad, we've done it like four times. Like, well, we're missing a piece now. <laughs> And I was like, oh, great, with all my travels, taking this piece of shit to Sydney and Japan, Tokyo, New York, San Fran. It's been everywhere. Um, But often if I need to stay cool and calm and I need to channel somebody who's cool as fuck, who doesn't give a fuck about anything or anyone else, who's doing their own thing, staying in their own lane and who has it, in my opinion, together, I think about you because you're really? so yeah I, don't
1: have it <laughs>
0: I know but you're so chill and you'll be like candace i have to go i'm making a pie with ev and it's just so calm and cool and it's like i'm your little sister like tearing shit up in new york city and i i just i have to think of i often think of you mom and dad for different things Mm. but like because I don't idolize people or like public figures the way a lot of people do I look at you for cool and calm and smart Mm. and I look at mom for like grace and humor and she really is something special I don't know what how that happened. And I look about when I think about dad, I think integrity, pride, you know, always doing the right thing. Yeah. Hardworking. And and also like he's done a really good job of like turning his life around after retirement and becoming a really good person that still helps people and still works every day. So, yeah, you're my, my cool, calm, and, like, chill. And also, like, I love that you don't really give a fuck about what other people think about you, and I think that's very unique.
1: Oh. Thanks, sis. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, for the record, I'm not... I don't have it together. Oh, sorry. Uh... <laughs> the big
0: D? It looks like a big D, guys.
1: Um, I I think I've i have told you this before but uh when i have to actually channel working really hard and like just getting shit done i think of you because your work ethic is i don't know anyone who works harder than you like you put your heart and soul into everything you do and it's quite admirable
0: thanks jenny Do you think it has anything to do with, like, like how bad I was and, like, feeling like maybe I wanted to, like, make up for it? Because sometimes I don't even know why I do that.
1: No, I think that's just who you are. The kind of person you are. You don't do things (sighs) half-assed.
0: Yeah, it's been gnarly. Okay, good question, Wendy Price. Okay, also a few more questions came in and then we're going to wrap out. So um, somebody asked, who's the remix of this song by, okay, Al um, Capona, I think it is, who is my friend in Hawaii, wrote, I'm raising two girls, ages two and five. How did your parents encourage your badassness? And I think she, what she's saying is that she'd love for them to grow up that way as well.
1: I don't know. What do you think they did? They made us do loads of shit. Like, we had to go to summer school all the time. Mm. Like, we were always learning. We were always doing stuff.
0: Mom cooked every single night and only on Fridays we had kid cuisine when mom went to Japanese school. Yeah. We'd have the microwavable meals.
1: I think they always said, like, you can do anything. You can be anything.
0: And they meant it. And they meant it. Yeah. They were sincere. And they didn't, um, they weren't like coddling parents either. They weren't like, no, they weren't like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. They of course we had like curfew and stuff, but like they pretty much. I remember like dyeing my hair black in junior high, and they didn't care. I remembered like you know putting like blonde streaks in it. They didn't care. Yeah, I remember like some of
1: the skirts I wore were really short. <laughs> but I I got straight A's. I got straight A's, so I don't think mom cared. to <laughs> short my wow, skirt was. Uh, <laughs>
0: apparently, that's how you can get by these days, girls. <laughs> no, um, that was, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, well, you could still rock them. Um, I also kind of remember, like, um, I think looking back at watching how mom treated dad and vice versa. Like, they didn't really fight. They got along pretty well. They were pretty organized with how they raised us. Mm. Like, every everything was just done. Like, there wasn't trouble. I was probably the most trouble out of the household. I didn't mean to be, but, you know, I, I mean, well, it's not been easy being this person, but it's, it is who I am. Like, it is what it is. Like, I there's no, no changing it. Um. They took us to a lot of cultural things
1: as well. Lots of museums. We went camping a lot. Mm, Las Vegas. Love that
0: fabulous las vegas <laughs> circus circus oh my god they would go gambling <laughs> and drop us off at like circus circus and be like bye we'll fucking see you like no, 24 didn't. hours later and we played they the did. horse game <laughs> yes they we did. did they like... went fucking gambling and they would drop us off <laughs> don't forget that they were not with us when we played all those games all day and jenny and i were addicted to the horse game it was <laughs> the rolling ball yes. game we were addicted to it and one year I won these like stuffed animals and we named them Zion and Bryce for Zion and Bryce Canyon. Oh, yeah. Cause, Cause we drove. There. A, yeah. After Vegas, we'd do something like cultural at a, like na- a natural park. park. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that that's the balance, Allie, that I think you've got to have is like give the girls that platform of greatness and then just watch them fly. I think that also, like, The worrying won't do any good. Mm -mm. So mom and dad didn't really show us that they were worried about us like ever. Um, and, And we were we were honest and and always have been like nobody in our family like is dishonest. Everybody's a very like authentic like this is who I am. And I think mom and dad also are who they are and they don't give a fuck like they really don't. They do their own thing and they always have. Um, But, yeah, to have two sisters that are both entrepreneurs, one in London and one in New York, is really unique. And so I think Jenny was the best guest we could have had on as our gift for the holidays. Um, And I hope that you guys can tell your sibling maybe something that you admire about them that you didn't know. Um, And before we close out, Jenny, um, where can people find you on Instagram and on the web and your book? How to build a bike. Jenny is also an author. Here we go.
1: Fabulous. (laughs) Uh, London Bike Kitchen is on Twitter and Instagram at LDN Bike Kitchen. Um, I use it. My personal uh, handle is at money underscore melon. But I don't really use it because I feel like it's work. Um, oh, and I do a podcast. If anyone's into cycling, it's a cycling pod. Oh, that's right. Tell them about your pod. <laughs> it's called Wheel Suckers.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Jenny is really cool. and Cooler than me. I say it all the time. <laughs> Not cool. we give him a shout out to mom. Here we go. So mom this week was probably like, well, you are going to stress me out a little bit. There's so much going on with the QE. Oh, man. Our cat had emergency Ear surgery. surgery. <gasps> it was so scary. And she was like psycho for a night.
1: When she came out of surgery, she was not happy. <laughs> As Rocky like,
0: says, wild for the night. Yeah. <laughs> she was like
1: demon being demon exercised. Yeah. That was crazy.
0: Yeah crazy okay so in wrapping out don't forget to have a happy happy holiday um please send your five-star reviews on itunes we're also on spotify ta-da don't know how that happened other than magic make sure that you download all the episodes send them to a friend if you're poor a great holiday gift idea is send them a podcast that you really enjoy tie it up in a bow and give them a little bit of love and say this podcast helped me for xyz reason Please share this podcast with a friend on Instagram. Tag them in your posts. I'm looking forward to seeing How You Instagram Story, episode 31 with Jenny, sister, sister. Um, And I also want you to pick up Keensugi Wellness as your new book for 2018. You can check out Jenny's book. Oh, 2018, (laughs) 2019. Wait, yeah, same. Well, same, both. And, And Jenny's book how to build a bike and send us your reviews on Amazon. They help. I haven't seen any of you PS motherfuckers write a review recently. So please do so. <clears throat> and also last but not least, um, go to the matcha shop and order your matcha cookies. They're going fresh out of the bakery. I want to be honest. Wabi fucking sobby. It was kind of a nightmare. So I need your help to order one cookie. If you listen to this podcast or 10, and just know it's coming back to good things. Um, If it's true what they say, good things still happen to good people, then maybe Jenny and I have a life that's full of good shit that's to come. Uh, We've both dedicated our lives to helping other people. We're trying not to give a fuck what other people think constantly, even though we grew up Japanese, Polish, American, and feeling different our whole lives. We've channeled the energy from our parents to our work and what we do, and we take pride in everything that we do and everywhere that we go, we bring a little bit of love with us. And with that said, I thank you for listening. This year has been incredible and it has exceeded all of my expectations and dreams, which has never happened before. And uh, I couldn't be happier than to wrap this year out with mom, dad, and Jenny um, in knowing that the best is truly yet to come for all of you and each of you. And remember that you are right where you are supposed to be. Jenny, thanks for sharing your story. Any last words? Happy holidays. And? Happy New Year. And? What? <laughs> what are you doing for the holiday?
1: Sleeping.
0: Oh. What about making pie with Ev? Eh. Maybe. Next day. year. Here we go. You're kind of man, Ev. <laughs>